Welcome back, football fans, to another episode of Two Minute Drill. I'm going to be your host today, Greg. I'm joined by Brian and Dominic today. What's going on, guys? Hey, what's Not up, so man? much. How are you doing? Good, good, good. We're going to do the same format we always do. We start with our first down, which is uh, things that we take away from the NFL this week and somebody that we want to watch. Then we go to our second down, a couple topics on there. Third down is a recap of the game of last week. Fourth down, recap of the game of this week. And then we end with our two-point conversion, which is one prediction for this week in football and a little bit of football trivia. I'm going to ask a question, see if these guys know the answer. Obviously, when I looked up some of these questions, I was like, I had no idea that that was the case. So so to start things off, we are going to start with topic one of first down. What did you guys take away from this last week in the NFL? I'm going to start with you, Brian. Uh, what I took away is the Baltimore Ravens should be a little worried. Um, they're eight and five. So like at, at a glance, they're eight and five. They're laying their division. And, you know, four weeks to go, they should be shoe-ins, but they got a lot of injuries. They got two uh, division uh, competitors right behind them, only one game away. And uh, in the AFC, there's five teams that are seven and six, so just one game off of them. And uh, they don't really have any tiebreakers right now. So, you know, they could very quickly be a team that, you know, goes from leading a division to missing out on the playoffs. Okay. Okay. That's definitely, uh, I should have gone first because that was uh, my topic. So <laughs> I'll have to quickly ad lib something in a little bit here, but uh, definitely I, I, I was really surprised at, at how lackluster that performance was. Obviously he showed that he was injured. What was that in the second quarter? Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're already without three running backs of their fullback, their top two corners, a safety, their left tackle. I mean, you might as well just throw, you know, the janitor out there and hope that he can pull out something because it's just – it's not looking good for the Ravens at all. And um, real quick, I would like to point out the rest of their schedule is the uh, Packers, Steelers, Rams, Bengals. So all very tough games for them. Yeah, completely. So it's quite plausible they might not, might not make the playoffs this year. So, uh, Dominic, what did you take away from this last week in the NFL? Um, So one thing that I took away, and I think it's been said before uh, on various platforms, but I think this is the most competitive that the NFL has ever been. Uh, You look at you look at the standings, you look at how competitive a lot of these games are. There's really no one or two teams that's really running away with everything like we're used to. You know, usually at this point, there's always one team that has like one loss or one team that's undefeated and you know, talks of them having an undefeated season are kind of going crazy by now. But you even look at a team like the Lions, even though they have one win, uh, they've been really close in all their games. And you can make the argument that, you know, they're a couple missed kicks or a few made kicks away from being a four to five win football team. So I think it's good for the NFL to see just how competitive um, every team is. I mean, on any given Sunday, any team can beat any team and i think it's good for the league yeah i think that that was something that uh nick and i talked about in the first couple episodes uh this season about how every game is fun to watch almost every game is fun to watch let me rephrase Mm -hmm. that almost every game is fun (laughs) to watch and we we've really seen some some surprises we've seen some blowouts and and so yeah like I, i i this is a great year for the nfl you really don't have a front runner can you know you have teams that are doing good but there's no like breakout like okay they're going straight to the super bowl 
um you know there's obviously some picks and some chatter but you know so well one thing that i took away from the nfl is that you cannot sleep on the rams i went into last night thinking that the cardinals were just gonna you know get up to you know 10 and 2 and then there was just gonna be that's where it was gonna be Kyler Murray is not – he hasn't fulfilled my MVP prophecy that I did earlier in the year, um, but I still think that he's played well enough that he could have – he should have won the game. And then just to see uh, Stafford, OBJ, uh, Aaron Donald yesterday was just like the, – the, the, it was just a great game and came a little closer towards the end, you know, uh, you know, just seven points uh, difference in the, in the score. But I definitely think that uh, – the Rams have had a little bit of up and down throughout the season, but I still think they're more on an upward trajectory than than uh, they you know were previously. So, are you off the Kyler Murray train now, or is it <laughs> coming to a, a slow stop? I, I think that the incline got real steep, real quick, <laughs> and. Uh, I'm not saying it's not plausible, but you've got uh, you've got people. I mean, Brady is just he's he's about to have um, what 40 passing TDs back to back seasons. He's at 37 right now, I think. So, and and that's the first time he's done it in his career at 43. Tom Brady, Jesus. I, I mean, yeah. like it, it's stuff like that that like Kyler Murray could have done it, and then uh, obviously. Aaron Rodgers is in the mix. Tom Brady's in the mix. I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys still in the mix. All right, moving on to our second topic and first down. Everybody has one player that they would like to watch maybe next week, maybe in the future, but one player that they want to watch. And who do you think it is? I'm going to start with you on this one, Dom. My player this week is Josh Allen. This is a guy that going into the season, everyone had as their front runner for the MVP. Everyone thought that the Bills were – going to be one of the top teams in the AFC and they've had flashes of of brilliance like we expected but for the most part it's it's pretty much been a down year Uh, we've been seeing a lot of inconsistent play from Josh Allen I I expect him and I'm really looking for him to kind of settle things down get back to being the Josh Allen that we thought that he was going to be this year because uh, if he wants to prove that he's, I mean, they're paying him to be the guy. You know, he already has his contract extension. But if he wants to be considered one of, you know, the guys in the NFL, you know, this is the time to prove it. He's got to, you know, steady the ship and put the team on his back and lead them to where that we thought this team could be. But it all starts with uh, their game coming up this week. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it was a close game. I mean, I, I think that they they could have won that on a few different avenues, a few different missed plays so what do you think brian uh somebody else that is you know somebody that's already been paid to be the guy is uh pj wad you know highest defensive player on that or paid defensive player on that team he's at 16 sacks right now miles garrett right behind him at 15 so they are in a race to see who can get the most by the end of the year or uh, season and i mean that's some big motivation to be that guy and probably set some records in in the meantime Miles Garrett definitely put some uh, smackdown uh, in last week's game. I was very, uh, very. <laughs> he needs uh, some security for those QBs. Need some security when he was coming at them. That was really entertaining. Yeah. So my pick for somebody to watch is actually going to be more of a future watch, and I kind of went college with this because it really intrigued me to that um, somebody is his caliber 
who was basically the number one uh, high school recruit in the country in 2019, uh, decided that he was going to walk away from Oklahoma. And that's Spencer Rattler. Um, mm-hmm. He's 6'1", pro-type QB from Phoenix. Um, he was, you know, starting QB for, for Oklahoma, uh, and he looked like he was just going to be the next big thing. I mean, you know, they've put out, Sam Bradford and and Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts are all these Oklahoma QBs. And so they know how to draft or how to recruit, you know, top tier QBs. And so for him to uh, get benched, I think in favor of freshman star, Caleb Williams. um, And that was only in the second quarter of Oklahoma game versus Texas. And so he is now in the transfer portal and he's going to be playing for South Carolina. Now, a little bit of that has to do with the fact that the Oklahoma um, coach, Shane Bremer, was the assistant coach at Oklahoma uh, from 2018 to 2020. So he has some history with Bremer. So that should be interesting to see. Um, But once Lincoln Riley went on to USC um, back in November, I think the writing was on the wall for Spencer Rattler to to just move on. And um, so... I'm saying look forward to him in the future, see what he's going to do with South Carolina and see what he's going to do with the NFL. If he can show his star quality that he did, you know, early on with that number one prospect for, for high school. So moving on to our second down and our first topic in our second down, obviously Russell Wilson has been injured this year and they have an abysmal record this year. And I don't think they're even slightly going to make the, playoffs in any way shape or form so do you think russell wilson will stay in seattle and if not where will he go and brian i'm going to start with you on this one i'm probably wrong in saying this i i feel like he's gonna stay but i think he should go i mean um he's right now this season 16 and touchdowns four interceptions a qbr of uh 103.7 so i mean he is doing really well and that's with him fighting through you know that thumb injury he had to miss a couple games for, but I mean, you know, the Seahawks, they're five and eight. He requested a trade last uh, or in the off season. They didn't do it. So I think uh, this season he should consider going somewhere else. And I mean, one of the biggest places I've heard about that he wants to go to is the Giants. Okay. All mm. right. That would be interesting. Um, I mean, obviously they have a slight need in uh, the QB realm, but uh, I don't know if he would be able to really uh, – being a QB in New York, it, it's difficult. You have to have pretty thick skin. In Seattle, they're a little bit lean, more lenient on their uh, their critiques of their quarterbacks. So that will be interesting to see if, if the Giants are somewhere you go. Dom, what do you think about that? I think he's going to stay in Seattle. Um, one, because I don't think Seattle is going to be able to find a good trade target or trade destination for him. I mean, we, we look at the, the teams that he said that he was interested in going to in the offseason. The Bears, they have their future quarterback in Justin Fields. Uh, the Raiders, uh, Derek Carr has looked really good this year. I think they'd be stupid to move on from him. Uh, the Giants, I don't think that's a good fit. I feel like he's going to run into the same issues with the Giants that he is already running into in Seattle. They don't have an offensive line. They really don't have any good weapons. If it, I mean, they have worse weapons on the Giants than he does in Seattle. So I, I think he just needs to suck it up. They're paying him a ridiculous amount of money. 
Uh, he has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They just need to draft a little bit better on the offensive line and bring in some young talent uh, to fill some of the gaps. And I, I think, you know, offensively they should be fine. But I don't think going anywhere is, is going to fix anything because, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. You know, just because you're in a new location doesn't mean things are going to be better. I think there's really no good places for him to go other than just stay in Seattle. All right. Well, there, there was some little little banter on the, the Twitter sphere uh, in the last couple of weeks. And then last Wednesday brought an unsubstantiated video report on Twitter that supposed an insider that said that Wilson would strongly consider waiving his no trade clause for the Giants, the Broncos, or the Saints. Now, he is under contract with $140 million through the 2023 season. So, it's possible he could stick around and test that free agency market uh, back, you know, when, when that contract comes up, but do the Seahawks want to try to get as much out of them as he could in trading him to somewhere like the Broncos, which need a QB and the saints need a QB. And so if, if he wants to go somewhere and, and they're willing to, to move him, I mean, he said he, he wants to, he wants to stay in Seattle. He wants to play his Career, you know, and they said, you know, 20 years of his career, he wants to play in Seattle. But it, if, if you can't get back to that mecha sphere of being like, do you want to move on to contenders? And I think that the Saints don't necessarily fit as well as maybe the Broncos have a little bit more of a uh, landing spot for him. And they have a few tools that, that he would be able to use uh, in the future. But who knows who knows what's going to happen we'll we'll see we'll see what happens you know the end of the year and and see if that trade clause goes away and he gets moved or if he fulfills his 2023 contract so moving on to our second topic in second down it looks like big ben Roethlisberger still has some in the tank does he retire next year or does he go somewhere else to play if somebody's offering them the money and do you think if he says he doesn't want to retire do you think the Steelers still hold on to him? So, Brian, I'm going to start with you on this one. What do you think Ben Big Ben's going to do, and how well do you think he's been doing in the, this year so far? I mean, you can you can tell he's struggling a little bit here and there. I mean, against the Vikings, that was an amazing almost comeback for him. I mean, he really kicked off, but he's been like, I mean, he's been complaining about you know being sore, being injured, and I mean. If they could get him an offensive line, I have no doubt the Steelers would be a playoff team and probably be the leader of the AFC North right now. So I don't blame them being at, you know, 500 on him. But I'm feeling like, you know, he's not Tom Brady. He doesn't have the same lifestyle as Tom. So he's not somebody that's going to be able to play into, you know, 45 years old, just my opinion. Okay. What about you, Dom? How do you feel on this? I think I mean, reports came out last week that he- he already told teammates and, and some people in the organization that this is going to be his last year. Uh, I don't really see him going to play anywhere else. I think he's one of those players that is either going to stick with the team that he was drafted with or he's not going to play at all. Uh, and being with the Steelers for so long and you know probably going down as one of, if not the best quarterbacks in that franchise's history, I can't really see him going to play anywhere else. Uh, it just wouldn't feel right you know 
but with that being said, you know, he's still playing pretty well. Uh, the Obviously, the first half of games, he doesn't really show up. But when the team needs him in the second half, he's still he's still playing really well. But just because he might have a little bit left in the tank doesn't necessarily mean that coming back for another year is the best option for him. You look at all the injuries that he's that he's had over his career, they got to be taking their toll. Uh, he's clearly not the quarterback that he used to be. Uh, but with that being said, like he's still he's still decent. But I, I think going forward for the long term health of the organization, I think it'd be better if he if he stepped away and kind of took on like an advisory role or maybe came out of the coaching staff or something. But, you know, I, I still think he'll be involved with the Steelers going forward, just not on the field. Well, I definitely think that we read the same article when he's uh, said that he's privately told some of his former teammates and some within the organization that he expects his, this to be his final season with the team. And when a reporter questioned him that, he said, well, I haven't told everybody that and uh, kind of laughed along with the reporters like, well, you know, and so, you know, is it plausible, you know, they say, the reports say that he he doesn't plan to play for another franchise, but it isn't ruled out. So I don't know. We're gonna see how this offseason goes and see you know what what the the Steelers tender him and see what what happens. I don't know if I felt like I could still play. Look at Tom Brady, and and obviously you know the, the Patriots didn't feel like they could pay him. They were gonna pay him what he was due or what he thought he was due. So he went somewhere else. He could still play. And his last couple seasons in in. Uh, New England weren't that good, so I don't know. It's it's a different, interesting question that uh, I would like to see this this next season. I'd like to see him play on because I think he's like I said. I think he's still got some in the tank. You have a uh, place that you think he would be a good fit for? Um, you know, maybe New Orleans, um, mm-hmm. maybe even Miami. Really? I know they've got Tua, but you know, I mean, I I don't know the, the strength or on strength. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge component, and, and the NBA does this a lot with load management. And I think that uh, this is my biggest – this is going to go on a rant for a second, so I apologize. But my biggest critique of, of what Belichick did with, with Tom Brady and how Tom Brady handled this is if they would have done a little bit of load management with Jimmy G, they would have you know let Brady do quarters one through three and then put Jimmy G in the fourth quarter or this, that, and the other and just developed all this. And I think – Players could last so much longer if they did load men. So that's that's a big sticking point for me. Um, but obviously, I'm not a coach or whatever. But moving on to our third topic in second down, we're going to talk about rookies of the year. And uh, I know there's a lot of people talking, a lot of names coming out, but we're not just going to talk about one or two. We're going to talk about a few and see who has the contention to possibly get it. So, Dom, I'm going to start with you on this one. Who are a few that you believe are possible Rookie of the Year candidates? I think right now the odds-on favorite, it's got to be Jamar Chase. Uh, he's one of, he's already one of the best receivers in the game. Uh, the connection that he has with Joe Burrow is just amazing. Uh, he's really been the key to that offense. Uh, so I think he's the, the clear favorite. I can see... I can make an argument for uh, Minka Parsons, the linebacker from the Cowboys. He's stepped in and he's just really helped solidify that defense. I think going forward, he's he's going to be a guy that's going to be in contention for defensive player of the year going forward. Yeah. Other than that, 
you know, I, I no other names really jump to my mind. Uh, maybe it's a long shot, but maybe JOK. Uh, when he's been on the field, he's been absolutely amazing. Clearly the best linebacker that the Browns have. And I think he's so versatile in, in how he plays. He can attack the ball. He can obviously he just has a nose for finding the finding the player with the ball. He can he can tackle really well and he can even play in coverage. Uh, so the versatility that he's already showing and how he's played on the field, you can make an argument for it. But I think it's more of a long shot just because he has missed so much time this season. But I, I, I still think the clear favorite is Jamar Chase. Mm, Jamar Chase. Um, uh, I definitely agree with you on Micah Parsons. If you can do, you know, defensive play of the year, and he's shown that what he's been able to do on every single position that he's being able to play. I mean, the Cowboys have, have put him in different slots almost every other game, and he's fulfilled those those assignments flawlessly. Uh, it, he's just fun to watch, and, you know, it's exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Brian? Who are some of the, the guys that you're looking at for the possibly Rookie of the Year candidates? I actually also had as a long shot JOK biz. I mean, he's played really well. He seems like he's a perfect uh, like countermeasure to Lamar Jackson when those two teams play. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys I had that are way more likely, though, to be honest. Uh, Mac Jones, I mean, we've talked about him a lot. He's very well could go to the Super Bowl in his rookie year, which would be incredible. And then um, Jalen Waddle for the Dolphins because, I mean. Ooh, that's a good one. They started, you know, one and seven. They're on a five-game win streak. I mean, he's got old, old, like 850 yards this season so far. And, I mean, him and Tua, they just seem to have some chemistry going. So, I mean, once he started, like, warming up, he's really helped this team a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, I've definitely been impressed with both of those candidates. So obviously, like we said, we've talked about Mac Jones a lot, and if if you take your rookie season the team to the Super Bowl, not a lot of things that you can really uh, you can say that he's not uh, the best rookie out there. Uh, obviously, we've got a lot of football to play, um, and Jalen Waddle is definitely a, a name uh, that's been thrown out there as well. Uh, you know, I want to talk about Devonte Smith. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver, you know, he's been catching balls from Jalen Hurts for, for years with what they did in Oklahoma. And I, I think that, you know, obviously we, we've got Minshew mania going on too, but he's just, he's been lights out. Uh, and I've been really impressed with what he's been able to do. Uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, Atlanta's not doing great, but as the tight end goes, um, Kyle Pitts has really come out was a high draft pick. And I think that he's shown some real promise. But I have to ask you guys, what do you think of Creed Humphreys, the center for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs? I think he's been phenomenal. I think he's been one of the best linemen in football this season, uh, definitely on the in the AFC. Uh, it's they he's, they definitely got themselves a good one because uh, he's going to help solidify that offensive line for a long, long time. Yeah, his abilities from the start of the season until now, um, he's really grown into that role, and I. I if I was a betting man, I, I'd say that he comes down, comes possibly down with with that hardware over. Um, if it, if the season pans out the way we see with everybody else and possibly playoff situations going on, uh, I think that Creed might surprise some people. All right, moving on to our third down, we're going to recap the game of the week from last week, and we talked about it a little bit, but we're going to talk about the Cowboys versus the Washington football team. And Brian, I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, I, it was funny because, you know, 
at last episode we were giving uh, Heineke tons of praise, and I mean he still did yeah. you know, but he was struggling. I mean. 11, 20, 11 for 25, one touchdown, one pick, but he only got 122 yards. I think the real thing that uh, kind of killed the the uh, football team is uh, three fumbles. That's hard to come back from. Yeah, to, to turn it into ball over that many times, three possessions that you could have, have scored on, and so you can't do that. <laughs> Dom, what about you? What was your takeaway from this Cowboys-Washington game? Well, my first thought was about Taylor Heineke's making me look like an idiot because <laughs> I, I was throwing a lot of praise his way and I was throwing a lot of praise towards Washington last episode. Um, and then they go out and just the first half was just, it was bad. <laughs> There's really no other way to put it. Um, obviously disappointing because I, I think I've made my dislike for the Cowboys pretty clear at this point. Um but yeah, it, it, it didn't go as I had thought that it would or hoped. Um, I, I really thought that Washington had a chance to, to win this game going into it with how they were playing up until this game. But I mean, the, the Cowboys, they're, they're a team that you can't really take lightly um, as, as much as that sucks to say that offense is real and that defense is much, much improved from last year. Yeah. What well, really to me, what I, I was noticing, and there are going to be a lot of third down drills uh, next uh, the next couple of days with practice. The Cowboys, they struggled on third downs mm-hmm. really bad. Uh, first half alone, third and eight, the delay game. Uh, third and 10 resulted in Randy Gregory uh, with an intercepted pass. Third and six, an incomplete pass. Third and seven, Heineke and Humphreys for five yards. And then on fourth down, he was sacked. Third and eight, Heineke again sacked by Parsons. Third and six, Heineke's, uh, Heineke's pass incomplete. And third and 15, Heineke's deep pass incomplete by the end of that half. That was just the first half, guys. Those are the third downs in the third, first half. And the score was Dallas 24, Washington 0. So we're going to work on some third down drills, guys. And that's what we're going to do all <laughs> week. I will say, give them some credit. They did make an, a decent, you know, comeback later on. But yeah, I mean, when you look at the the the, the scoreboard and and that last the second half, you know, what was it? They scored 12, 20 points in the second half versus the Cowboys three. So that's it's a big difference, you know what I mean? And like I said, those three turnovers that could have been the difference in the game. Washington surprised a few people this year. They beat TV twelve, so. I don't know. We could see, but I don't know. All right, moving on to our fourth down, and we're going to break down the game of the week for this upcoming week. And that game is going to be the New England Patriots and Mac Jones versus Carson Wentz and the Colts. And Dominic, I'm going to start with you. What do you think of this game? What do you think is going to happen? I think the New England Patriots will put a significant uh, dent in the playoff hopes for the um, Indianapolis Colts. This team is probably one of if not the most well-balanced teams in the league uh mac jones is playing phenomenal they run the ball really well we all know how good their defense is i think that this is going to be a pretty pretty easy win for the for the patriots yeah i you know throwing out a score i can see it being like 28 14 something like that Uh, i don't really see many teams scoring a lot of points on the patriots and I mean, they'll they'll kill you with with that run game. And then Mac Jones is obviously good enough to make some plays downfield, uh, make some clutch throws when needed. I, I think this is this is the team to beat in the AFC right now. 
Yeah, I mean, that run game definitely they showed in the, that Buffalo game. And obviously there were some weather issues, but uh, they showed that they could really um, move the chains up and rather quickly, I might add. Oh, Brian, what do you think? What is your 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 opinion on this upcoming game? I agree. Uh, Patriots are the team to be in the AFC, and I do think they're going to beat the Colts, but I think it's going to be close. I mean, Carson Wentz is one of those guys that people really haven't talked about that much this season. But, I mean, you know, last – Going from last year where, you know, he was with the Eagles, I thought I think most people thought he was going to be finished as a starter in the NFL. And he really settled into that offense. I mean, 22 touchdowns, five interceptions, 2,900-plus yards. I mean, he is playing really good. So I think the Colts are going to keep it close. But, I mean, the Patriots are just way too good right now. Yeah, I got to agree with you on the, the the score. Even Vegas has it as a very, very close game within a touchdown or, um, you know, like I think a, a six and a half spread is what I read. I, I think it's going to come down to we know what Mac Jones can do. We know what Bill Belichick can do. And those consistent. I think it comes down to what Carson Wentz we get. If yeah. he's going to show up and, and, and ball out and, and throw these deep passes and, 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 be the guy that we've seen him become, but every game is different with him. You don't, you never know what Carson Wentz you're going to get. And, and that could be the difference that defense wears him down early on and he's going to be throwing some interceptions and some, you know, incomplete passes and it'd be very, very interesting. And before we move on to our two point conversion and talk about our predictions and football trivia, and we just want to give our deepest condolences to the Thomas family. Uh, Demarius Thomas died on Thursday, uh, at the age of 33, it looked like it was seizure-related, so a medical issue. Uh, he played from 2010 to 2019 uh, in the NFL. He played majority of his time with the Broncos, though he did have a little bit of time with the Jets as well, I think, towards the end of his career. His mm-hmm. most shining moment was with Tim Tebow, who, he funny thing, he was uh, selected just a few picks uh, behind Tim Tebow in um, – the NFL draft, but that that miraculous uh, catch he made at Mile High Stadium from Tim Tebow that took the Broncos to uh, the playoffs, and that was amazing. He finished his career with 9,763 receiving yards, 63 touchdowns, 724 uh, receptions, and 9,055 of those yards came with the Broncos. So I think something that was really cool that happened uh, in the Broncos game versus the Lions on Sunday is that the Broncos started their game with 10 players, no X receiver, which was Demarius Thomas's position. A delay game was called by the refs, and the Lions declined the penalty. That's class. So, class again, our, yeah, yeah. our deepest condolences to the Thomas family and to the NFL and uh, all the fans that uh, were rooting for him throughout his career. He will definitely be missed. All right, moving on to our two-point conversion. And what is one prediction for this next week in football? Who you got, Brian? Uh, we were just talking about him a little bit ago. I got Washington over the Eagles by 10 points. I mean, the Eagles, I mean, they're, they've been okay. They've been struggling a little bit. I don't think – I think Jalen Hurts is going to start for him next year, but I think that's just so they can draft a quarterback this year. But, I mean, I think Washington's a more complete team. I think Heineke's going to have a bounce-back game. Yeah, and their defense that they've shown all year has been has been phenomenal. That's, that's a good uh, prediction. What about you, Dom? What do you got? I think the Denver defense is going to keep this team in the playoff hunt. 
they've kind of brought this team back to life um, in terms of the wild card picture. They're playing, I think they're playing the Bengals this week. The Bengals aren't, aren't playing that well. Uh, they're kind of been up and down as of lately. I th- think this defense continues to roll. I think Teddy Bridgewater plays just well enough not to mess things up. And I think the, the Broncos continue to fight their way back into the playoff picture. Interesting, interesting. We'll see if that comes true. Well, we've talked a little bit about TB12 a lot this this uh, episode, but I think that the Saints are going to make Tom Brady be 0-4 against them in this coming game. Really? I, I think the Saints have his number. Uh, he's 21-5 and against all other regular season opponents, and he's 0-3 against the Saints. I just think that that they've got his number, and I think it's going to be the same as it was last year and the same as it was this year. Obviously, this is talk about regular season. Obviously, playoffs are something different, but um, when it comes to regular season games, I don't know. I, I think that TV 12 goes down, um, and the Saints come away with the win on that one. All right, I'm definitely watching out for that. All right, and moving on to our football trivia I'm going to ask these guys a question and see if they can get the answer. Which player is the only player to play in three consecutive Super Bowl winning teams? Um, man. Brian, you got a you got a guess? I I got nothing. That's a tough one. All right. What about you, Dom? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I'm trying to. I I have no idea. Linebacker Ken Norton is the first and only player in history to earn three straight Super Bowls. He won two with the Dallas Cowboys and won one with the San Francisco 49ers in back-to-back Super Bowls. Three Super Bowls in a row that Ken Norton. I would never guess that. Yep. Only player to ever win three back-to-back Super Bowls. So, guys, if you haven't seen Ken Norton, looked up his career. Ken Norton Jr. played for the Cowboys and the 49ers and won three back-to-back suits. Well, that does it for this episode of Two Minute Drill. Thank you guys for listening in. We very much appreciate it. Check us out on Instagram, on Facebook, anywhere that you can get your podcast. That's where we will be. You guys have a good night. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.com dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.